Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $25, get $50 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, and win bigger. Let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Welcome to the Green Light Podcast. Chris and Bo have a great interview with Quinn and Williams of the New York Jets today. Quinn talks to the youth on the team, all his teammates playing with such a deep Jets D-line, and having his brother playing in the linebacking position behind him. They lit off some fireworks in their house when they were young, so the chemistry's always been there. Chris and Bo also go in-depth on Indy's decision to hire Jeff Saturday as their interim head coach. Talk a little bit from the Monday night game, just a little bit, just a little bit, and Bo does a great trench talk from the Jets' final drive against the Bills to ice that game. Y'all enjoy. Stick around for Kyle and Chris's mailbag episode tomorrow morning. And we've got AMP, 4.30 p.m. Thursday afternoon. Y'all enjoy. Oh, happy Tuesday morning. That, that Monday night game sucked, so we'll talk briefly about that. We're going to spend time with Quinn and Williams this morning. We're going to talk a little bit about the Jets, and then we'll talk about the, uh, the, the strangest interim head coaching hire I've ever seen. Uh, but first, Bo, did you see the eclipse last night, or were you like me, too lazy to wake up? I walked outside for a second, and I saw the moon. It looked powerful, um, soaked in some moonbeams, but I did not see the lunar eclipse, no. So you didn't see the eclipse? No, but I saw okay. the moon. Okay, <laughs> that's fucking, you could do that any old night. Yeah, but it looked uh, extra special last night, Chris. Yeah, you had to wake up at like 5 in the morning to see the moon this morning, and it just reminded me of what a, what a lazy bum I am. That I was like too busy even, prepping for the pod at 5 a.m. this morning. I bet you were waking up grinding. I bet you were tape, looking at takes. Getting well, ready let's, to have let's some discussion. Let's talk about. Let's discuss the Monday night game. I mean, the, the game itself sucked. Football yeah, is had some real shitty Monday night football games to, uh, to yeah. talk about, Chris. But here we are anyway. Um, yeah, what'd you think, man? The Saints are so dead offensively. Um, they couldn't get the tough. run game going. It was like immediately. Uh, the Roquan Smith trade looked like a winner. I mean, he yeah. blew up Kamara like twice. Back to back plays, really nice tackles, getting over some trash, and then coming through and coming downhill on Kamara's. I mean, that was fun. Fun to see him kind of excel early in his first, you know, game after a trade like that. 
it seems like it's fun because you know a lot of times somebody get traded like Hawkinson got traded and he got a bunch of targets and touches and that sort of thing but to get you know, the, hey, this is why we traded for this guy in the first five minutes of a football yeah. game, uh, and they go to like end zone tape to show uh, behind the the offensive line shot, and you see him sorting through trash as you put it. I mean, like and just making really instinctive plays. This is why he's here. This is a division where the run game is is a part of it. You've got Mixon, you've got Chubb, uh, you've got you know whatever the fuck the Steelers are doing up there. Uh, but you, it's a physical division, and so it helps to have a guy like that. And he didn't look half bad in 18. I thought oh, it would be. I loved the 18 on him. I actually was going to comment on that. I thought that was kind of a swaggy number, you know? I, I agree. I was surprised to see him in that, and I was a little skeptical at first, but then he played well. So, you know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an 18 stand now. I like that. A couple things that came up in this game. Number one, Justin Houston's amazing. I mean, he has the quietest 110 sacks. Uh, you know, since since 2000, probably. I mean, like this guy, um, he's got a Hall of Fame resume. I don't know if he ever gets there, but uh, the numbers are pretty remarkable. And this year, I think he's got six and a half sacks in the last three games or whatever it is. Um, he he started the year, I think, just over 100. Now he's at 110. So he's having a hell of a season. You know, he, I saw him uh, stunt down over a guard and, yep. uh, and, and hit the edge on that cat, which is a really hard thing to do in a pressure uh, is, is to come yeah. down into the B gap and pop back out front mm-hmm. side on that, on that guard who's fanning to you and make it like, he just does a lot of little things. Well, and his game has translated into quote unquote old age really well, yeah. which is not something that, that, you know, is an automatic for rushers and he's done a hell of a job. I'm happy yeah, uh, for him. He had a nice one on like a you know second level pick stunt too, where I think it was a blitzing linebacker. I'd have to go back and look, but uh, came down, picked the shit out of the O lineman he was on, and he just wrapped nice and tight and had a great sack on that. So I mean, another guy that um, has been a little banged up, but who's a vet player that has some really nice moves too. Calais Campbell, you know, all six foot nine of him. Uh, I think he had half a sack and a couple TFLs, but that's another guy that you know you say their game translate translates well to old age he's just so tall and long and slippery and i think the ravens are excited to have you know glass campbell back justin houston was a little banged up too this year he's playing really well and then you know the addition of roquan smith i think the uh the ravens defense looked pretty good against you know a pretty uh disgusting saints offense except when chuck clark opted out of a tackle exactly. on the sideline that was one of the most like uh, that was that was one of those things that immediately you're like thinking about, damn, the film room is going to be rough exactly. on this cat. Both yeah. of them, really. You know, there yeah. were two dudes that one, one with a half-ass effort and the next was like, yeah, he was out of bounds. I'm going to pass this up. Right. That tight end must be big in person. Or is he, you know, that, that number 83 Johnson, for, yeah. for New Orleans, he must be really big in person the way that guy got out of his way. Uh, but it was, it was like a, this, as much as a statement win could be against, um, you know, a 3-5 and five team or whatever New Orleans is, uh, they, this was a statement win. They've done it a couple times in primetime now where – and they've led by double digits uh, in every game this year. Did I see that, uh, Cowboy? Is that is that accurate? So the Ravens have led by double digits in every game. Obviously, they blow the Miami game. They blow, they blow the Buffalo game. But as of late, they've, they've put it together and um, – yeah, I, I thought this was a game where quite easily they could have gone down to New Orleans, and New Orleans has looked really good offensively in the run game, that sort of thing. And you thought they might let one slip, especially with Mark Andrews out with with some of the people that were out. Um, but this was really big, and and Lamar didn't hit all of his throws. No, he did. You know, he, but met, th- he 
he missed some so throws, but what he get? He, he, he's just so dangerous. He gives you he gives you such a you know a different wrinkle, um, and and got out of so many bad situations and, and put them ahead of the sticks last night. It was like you know when they came out of the half and Kenyon Drake was gashing them. That's when you knew the run game. They they couldn't get that solved on 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 the New Orleans side of things, and and now. Um, the Ravens are what six and six and three, so um, they're up there. Uh, they're at least tied for second in the AFC picture. The AFC picture: Buffalo six and two, Jets six and three, Ravens six and three, Dolphins six and three. Of course, they have the tie break right because they beat them. Um, but the Bengals right behind them in the AFC North. And I'm looking at you know the uh, the remainder of the schedule for for Baltimore, and they could rip off some wins here. They have the Panthers, the Jags, the Broncos, the Steelers, the Browns, the Falcons, the Steelers, and then they finish the season with the Bengals. Yeah. So you know that that game week eighteen could be monumental when it comes to implications of the playoffs. But I don't think it's going to be because I think when you look at the Bengals schedule, it's a different story: Steelers, Titans, Chiefs, Browns, Bucks, Patriots, Bills, Ravens. So look at those two stretches, and and there's a chance for the the Ravens not only to to create some distance in the AFC North but to make a run at home field advantage, man. Yeah, Buffalo think- looks looks pretty human, and uh, and the Jets, you know, like as much as you like them, I, I you know, in in a in a game, am I trusting Lamar Jackson or am I trusting uh, Zach Wilson? I like I like Lamar, and I don't think if they saw the Dolphins again, just kind of weighing them against some of these other top tier teams. I don't think they're going to let them get away so easy. Um, I think the Ravens, you could make a case for being a top three team in the uh, in the AFC, and, and this was a nice showing by them. I agree, Chris. I think to your earlier point, the Ravens are built to be good down the stretch. They played good defensive football last night, um, got a lot of pressure, but also like – you mentioned they run the ball really well, and that's a good thing for you know teams late in the season, especially AFC North. I thought it was really funny they brought up a lot on Monday Night Football. The Ravens have the second biggest offensive line in the NFL. It's like okay, like what does that you know? Mm-hmm. There are a lot of big offensive linemen in the NFL, but uh, you know they play really well. They got Tyler Lindenbaum. He's a rookie center that I'm really impressed with. He had a great he play, he's been playing really well. He's having a good rookie year. He played really well against the Bucks a couple weeks ago and. Kevin Zeitler's the guy I played with at Wisconsin, who's a big right guard. He played well, but Ravens' uh, run game with Lamar Jackson is so hard to defend. And then they got big Pat Ricard, who's a you know a lot of, a lot is made out of him, but I don't think he necessarily gets enough love for the dirty work that he does. Uh, you see him blocking on the edges really, really athletically. He kind of reminds me of Kelsey a little bit and how he gets out there and and how he blocks. And um, it's a tough run game. They're missing those tight ends a little bit, Andrews, but. Their run game is really good, and if you can run the ball and you have a threat um, with Lamar Jackson to keep the ball, it's really advantageous for your numbers, and I think you know, good run game, good defense is something that the Ravens can build on down the stretch. So I think they're going to be good. And Deshaun Jackson comes in last night and he pulls his hamstring or something right yeah. off the bat. I mean, you know, like being fast is hard enough, but being old and fast, like uh, I, I, I don't know. Well, we'd know, Chris. We're old and fast, too. So. Well, that was why I never pulled my hamstring until softball uh, <laughs> after football. But, like, when I, when, I, when I played, I was old, but I wasn't fast. So I was able to protect myself against injury that way. But um, the, 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 maybe the most outstanding performance or the gutsiest performance of Monday night was Adam Schefter taking his shirt off um, yeah. on national TV. That couldn't have felt good. 
I want to know like how much convincing he needed to do that. Like, did a producer come Not in much. and be like, "Hey, yeah, exactly." He's like, oh, "I've been in the weight room. I've been taking my creatine. I've been taking my uh, my A one athletic greens. I'm feeling myself." I mean, AG one man, AG one. Sorry, that's we're big AG one. Hey, you drinking A one? You're drinking steak sauce. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, translation. I'm getting my nutrients through steak sauce, baby. Yeah, Just wake up and chug a bottle every 5, day. Five thousand percent daily value. Yeah, it's great for your hamstrings. No, but I mean, you always think you're gonna look better than you do on camera with your shirt off and actually he didn't look too bad for a guy that breaks news i um i just feel like he pr- he probably he pr- no he this isn't something he had like a week to get in the sauna and do the push-ups yeah. and do the abs like he had 48 hours it, yeah, less I mean, than that i mean you know since kirk took his shirt off on the way home from washington so kudos to adam Schefter for having the balls to take your shirt off on national television you couldn't pay me enough money you you wouldn't have to pay me, Chris. I'd be popping top at the slightest recommendation. You know, I'll yeah. take my shirt off on the pod right now. Do it right now. Can we show nips on the pod? Is that yeah, allowed? dude. Uh, yeah, we're not gonna blur them out. Yeah, <laughs> there the we go, baby. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there we go. There Chef he is. Yeah, yeah you know, on. you do look kind of good. You do look kind of swole, Thanks. man. Prepping for Vegas, Chris. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Encore we talk about Club. that for a second before we get into Quinn and Williams. What, are we, um, how are we feeling, man? I need some sleep before I, I know, get to Vegas. I'm a little concerned about the 6 a.m. Vegas time uh, Bucks Germany game that I think we're going to be eating some wiener schnitzel for. So oh, get 6 a.m.? No, I'm going to sleep through that game. I'm sorry. I'm going to bet that. I'm gonna bet that after we leave Access one of the one of the nights this weekend, and uh, it'll be I'm, like a, I'll be my. You don't want to. I'm going straight up? from Sapphire to no. check out the game, baby. It's gonna be awesome. No, dude, because then you're gonna sleep through the one p.m.s. Chris, Chris must not have gotten the itinerary that we sent out, Ralph. I don't know what this is about, but we're going straight from the club to the game. So yeah, you you can go straight to. You're yeah, like I'm Michael going, Irvin. I'm going straight. To, I'm going straight like LT. LT had a fire ladder. At the hotel, he used to bring a like one of those those fire ladders that you can put in a bag. He used to bring them and uh, and sneak out of the hotel before the games. They said he used to just come in and take a thirty minute nap right before the game and wake up and have five sacks. Built different, man. Yeah, dude. Listen, I, I could never. Um, <laughs> mere mortals could never. Uh, yeah. So Vegas, you, you do you are bringing you're bringing a, a date. Is that true? Bring in a date, Chris. Tell your lovely li- your lovely wife, Meg. You got it right oh. the first time. She is my life. <laughs> nice. Um, Very nice. Okay, so so we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll meet Bo's date. I will not be staying up for for uh, Bucks. Uh, who are they playing? Seahawks in Germany. And by the way, the Bucks are favored in that game, and that that stinks a little bit. And I I keep letting Vegas fool me, like trick me, like uh, reverse psychology me. You know, some of these stinky lines, I jump on them. Whether it was the Commanders, uh, you know, at one point this year, whether it was uh, this weekend, what was it, the Cardinals, the weekend before that, it was Houston. They were they were uh, they were only like a two point dog against uh, against Tennessee. I'm thinking about jumping on this this Bucks line. Uh, I think they're laying two two and a half points. It makes two points. It makes no sense to me. It's I mean, a, I guess it makes it's a sense. hike for Seattle, man. Think about that. Like you know, going all the way from Seattle to Germany. Well, how's that? I'd love well, to see Bo, what their travel I'd like to t- I'd like, like to tell you about it. Yeah, tell me. It's actually their 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 flight is only what thirty minutes longer than than the Seattle than the the Bucks flight because they're so far north. 
Ah, they're yeah. catching the jet stream. Yeah, well, go look at a globe. They're Get going over to the top of 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 the the North Pole, huh? Something yep. like that. Yep. It's Germany. Yeah. Germany's not a bad flight. It's like six hours from New York or whatever. But um, anyways, okay. Real quick, before we get to Quinn and Williams, o- Odell Beckham Jr. today, uh, I guess you brought this to my attention that, uh, that that Jerry Jones was gassing up Odell. Yeah, he was. I saw that on Twitter this morning. I think it's hilarious how some, some owners get so involved in the media, you know, and we're going to talk about that here a little bit more later in the pod. But saw saw some Jerry Jones say something like, uh, you know, Odell Beckham would look great in that Cowboys helmet. Like, all right, all right, Jerry, let's see how this unfolds. <laughs> okay, Jerry. Well, ultimately, he's the one that makes the decision, so right. I feel like his, his <laughs> take just, is kind of relevant. But, yeah. He's just kind of testing the waters on that one, seeing how uh, how the media responds. I don't, I just always think it's interesting because you have some, you know, owners that are like that out in the media, and then you have some other head coaches and owners that – you have some owners that really have no idea what's going on with their team, and then other head coaches like, you know, Belichick that are so, you know, famously – tight-lipped it's just a it's a fun fun little dichotomy chris in an interview with uh complex odell's named four teams uh he name dropped four teams buffalo green bay dallas or a reunion with the giants so i saw this and i couldn't help but think the giants make a lot of sense here because he was talking about this place i want to find a home you know, I, I might be there a couple years, that sort of thing. I threw out Green Bay a couple weeks ago, but obviously that team's out of it. There ain't no way I'm going to play in the cold if I'm Odell Beckham. Let's be Odell Beckham for a second, okay? Uh, Bodell Beckham, but I think he's going. I think he's going to. I think he's going to be a New York Giant. I think it sets up well for his post-playing career. I think whatever that is, I think it. I think it sets up well for his playing career. Like they need. A real dude there, um, yeah. and I, I think if you look at Green Bay, no chance. Too cold. Aaron Rodgers too grumpy right now. Too grumpy, man. If if you go there and it doesn't immediately go well, you know, for you, that's that's a little bit of a recipe for disaster. I think. Also, I don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers next year. Aaron Rodgers could be a Colt. Aaron Rodgers could be a Colt. Um, okay, so Buffalo, I feel like makes sense, but again, can you see Odell in Buffalo? I said the same thing about Von Miller, except the fact that. I think Von Miller makes a lot of trips to Toronto, and Dallas makes some sense. But I feel like the Giants are, are the are the team. What, okay, Bodell Beckham, what do you think? I'm going to Dallas, man. I'm Odell Beckham. I'm going to that big media market. I, Bodell Beckham loves attention, and you got the you know you got the you got Jerry Jones, the owner, very prolific owner. He's already kind of fawning over you. He says you're going to look great in the helmet. Jerry Jones tells me I'm looking great in a helmet. I'm. I'm putting that helmet on. Wow. Bodell you know Beckham. I'm big on compliments. Come on, yeah. man. Bodell That's a great compliment. Did you just get that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk to Quinn and Williams, shall we? And we'll talk a little bit about the Jets and, and, uh, and the Colts a little bit uh, coming out of that. So stick around and enjoy this interview. The defensive player of the, uh, of the month in October, by the way, Quinn and Williams. I'm calling him Mr. October now. Do you have ambitious hiring goals for the last quarter of 2022? With a powerful hiring partner, big goals are no big deal. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. 
Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Something I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed's screenings and assessments features elevate top talent in your search. Indeed helps star applicants shine before the interview with over 135 graded assessment tests they can take from cooking to coding. Indeed assessments help take the stress out of the interview process. Candidates get to show their skills before the interview. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to sponsor your job post at Indeed.com slash greenlight. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash greenlight. Indeed.com slash greenlight. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I got Quinn and Williams here joining Bo and myself. Um, oh man, Mr. October, Player of the <laughs> Month, and how do you like that, Q? Mr. October? It's cool. Uh, it's, it's a dope accolade. Hey, all the guys around the uh, facility be giving me crap about it, but it's cool to me, man. Like, I think I still got that co-saving mindset. Like, it's rat poison in my head, so it's yeah. like I just want to get the, the big, the big goal, the big accolade when it comes down to like Super Bowls and. Uh, different things like that. So once I get one of those, like I'll be satisfied. So I did see um, all those dudes walking out to practice and congratulating you. That had to feel pretty good to see the respect you get from your teammates. Oh, that's super feels super good, bro. Cause these guys, uh, I see these guys each and every day work, and they see how I work, and just to see that uh, they, they acknowledged it was super dope. So. Yeah, and the slime, man. You got uh, uh, Nickelodeon Player of the Week, Week Six. Yeah. How did the slime feel, dude? It was cold, cold as shit. <laughs> it was so cold out there, and then the slime came in cold. But you know, everybody grew up a Nickelodeon fan, and I know uh, for sure, like you see all the Nickelodeon awards, and everybody getting slimed and different stuff like that. So having that experience to uh, get slimed and get a Nickelodeon award was super. The kid just burst out of me uh, when I got that award, so it was dope. I didn't know you guys were watching, like, 90s kids were watching, like, they're still sliming people on Nickelodeon. I thought that was, like, an 80s baby thing. <laughs> nah, I think, I think they, they, they never want to away from slime, so. Yeah, well, that was cool, man. Uh, congrats on all the success, man. It's, it's fun to watch you play. Um, how about, let's talk about the Bills game first, dude. Tackling Josh Allen. Like, how hard is that? I know you'd sacked him before, I think, last year at least. Um how tough is that getting that big joker it's down? Tough. It's so tough, bro. He's big, strong, he's fast. Uh, he can sling it, bro. Like, he got a cannon. So, uh, going against an elite quarterback that can do all three of those things like that, man, is, is pretty challenging, especially going against a guy like him, a guy with confidence and a guy who, who loves to loves to run people over and loves to be a running back. So, when you got guys like that, bro, you, you really got to bring your A game, especially when it comes down to tackling skills and especially kind of containing him. So, yeah, I um, it's getting harder and harder to tackle quarterbacks, and then you know, just so happens this guy's six five, two forty. But like, you know, I know uh, Franklin Myers got got hit on that roughing call uh, mm-hmm. on the pick six, and that was unfortunate. I know D line D linemen everywhere are watching plays like that. Like, damn, dude, it is just getting. How hard is it to to not only? I mean, it's hard enough to get a sack, but then 
hey, not land on the guy, not hit him too high, not hit him too low. Has that been an adjustment for you, or you kind of came up in this era when when you got to be aware of this stuff? Because when we when I, in '08, when I was a rookie, that was not a thing, dude. Yeah, I think I just came up in this era where like it's it's a lot of adjustment in the game. Like it's like every year it's a different adjustment. You gotta you gotta attack to like especially like when you was back then. It was like free fall. Like everybody just go out there, ball out and play, hit each other. So it's like now like. Every single year, it seems like a new rule has been changed, a new rule has been uh, pointed out, or new things has been pointed out. So um, just getting the adjustment of each and every week and each and every thing that, they, that you know they're going to make an emphasis on, um, got to be definitely aware. But um, what I always think in a while, coaches always tell us, is like, don't be scared, bro. Like, if, you, if it just happens, play the next play. Like, so that's the biggest thing that I always take a chip on my shoulder is like, I'm never gonna stop rushing. I'm never gonna stop hitting the quarterback just because I got a flag. I just got to continue to um, be aware and just continue to keep doing what I'm doing. So, what about uh, Robert Sala, man? I know when you get a, a a new coach and that type of thing, um, when he got there, the first thing I always tried to find out because I had a few head coaches uh, was how how you piss this guy off because I don't want to piss Robert Sala <laughs> off. So, <laughs> what's Robert Sala's pet peeve, man? Like, what do guys know? Like, we don't do that. Uh, I think the biggest thing, like any coach, any man, any guy, is just being undisciplined. Um, we all grown men. We all professionals in this league. And we all got accolades and goals that we want to achieve. And being undisciplined is never going to be – you're never going to be successful being undisciplined. So I think the thing that really piss him off, like, tremendously is, like, doing something that you know you don't supposed to be doing or being undisciplined in the times that you know you don't supposed to be being undisciplined. So that's the biggest thing I can see. You guys got a young team, man. You talk about being disciplined. You guys have been disciplined on defense, and you got a deep D-line, a rotation and everything. Uh, but you're young. I mean, you got some good vets and everything. We talked about Vinny. I know Dwayne, uh, some of those guys. I mean, you've got some OGs on your team, but it is a young group. How long did it take for you guys to realize, like, hey, we're grown up and we're ready for this challenge? Like, did you guys know that going into this year, or was there a game this year where you're like, okay, this group's ready? I think the biggest thing, like, when you look at our, our thing, is like, we are young, but we got a lot of young guys who listen. And I think that's the biggest thing that you can take away, especially looking at this team and looking at how we play each and every week. Like you said, like, um, prime example, our defense is very young. And we got CJ Mosley. We got uh, guys who, like, guys who come in. Like, I'm still young. I'm going to my, I'm in my fourth year now. But guys who still listen, um, I think that's the biggest thing uh, when we got, like, the younger guys, especially the ones who balling right now, especially the young guys in general. They listen, and that's the biggest thing you can ask for. Like, when you got great leaders, great older guys, you don't really need that many on your team if you got a lot of great young listeners. Like like you said, like Benny. Benny come from a Super Bowl team and with a lot of accolades, with a lot of uh, experience. Uh, Dwayne Brown come with a lot of experience. CJ Moses come with a lot of experience. And uh, each and every week they share one little thing, two little things. And, and you got guys that soaking that up week in and week, week out. You got younger guys that's getting experience just off other people uh, – mistakes and other people's experiences. So um, that's the biggest thing that I can see that we do week in and week out is just soaking up information um, from the older guys and just soaking up information from the field in general and just um, the IQ and the knowledge that each and every young guy or each and every guy on this team has um, is just getting bigger and better with the staff and with the coaching staff that we have. So, How about playing with your brother, man? I mean, I, had a, I have a brother that I played against. Mm-hmm. He was an offensive guard. <laughs> and uh, actually, when he came to St. Louis to play, he played for the Bears. Uh, the bench just cleared because he started a big fight, and I had to go in there and save him so he didn't get ejected. He was beating <laughs> up my best friend. Uh, 
but you guys get to play together, man, you and your brother. How's that been? And uh, and is it everything you guys dreamed of? Oh, it's definitely everything we dreamed of. I, well, let me say that. I never dreamed about playing with him. I always dreamed about playing against him and getting a jersey swap and different yeah. stuff like that. So, but playing with him is unbelievable, man. But um, a lot of people ask us this question. A lot of people ask me this question. And it's like, um, it, when you've been on a team before. Like, you got guys on your team that you've been playing with four years and five years and different stuff like that. You guys get a chance to grow, grow close to each other, learn each other's families, learn each other's kids, and you guys become brothers. And I feel like that's how – um, we trying to get every single bite on this defense, especially on the defense, to feel like uh, like the same chemistry that me and Quincy have is the same chemistry I want me and Sheldon Rankins or me and John Franklin Myers to have. Um, that trust, that love, that, that dedication for each other to see each other win, um, just like we're brothers. So I think that's that's steady growing uh, week in, week, week out, to learn each other and different things like that. So. Uh, we all can be a band of brothers, and when you got a band of brothers out there playing for each other and knowing each other wise and knowing each other family and stuff, you can be dangerous. So, so sounds like you guys are close, but you ever have to get on them for not coming down hard enough on a double team or anything like that? Every game, every game. Like, every <laughs> every game. like my brother, my brother, he's a speed hidden demon. Like I just tell anybody, he's he's going to hit um, open spaces. He's going to hit. He's going to run sideline to sideline and cover guy. When it come down to running crunch and he had to come down in there and <laughs> yeah. take on a guard or anything like that, it get, he, he, he gets scary enough for him. Cause, and, it, and I had to tell him week in, week out, bro, just throw everything you got at him. Like, treat, treat the guards like the guard got the ball. Exactly. Man, and those listen, conversations he, between brothers are different, man. Like, <laughs> different. like people think we argue 24-7. I'm like, no, we're not arguing. Like, we just exactly. talking to each other. Yeah, right, exactly. No, that's exactly right. And and I saw him blow up. I think it was Aaron Jones a few weeks ago. We were just talking about that. That dude can hit. I mean, he can, he can hit. And I wonder if the friendly fire ever happens. Oh, uh, let me think. Nah, not really. He never hit me before. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even want to be in that little, little Yeah. Um, nah. You guys really set off fireworks in your bedroom. I heard they asked you guys what your favorite childhood memory was, and you guys both said – Setting off fireworks, setting yeah. off fireworks inside the house. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like it had to be like four days after Fourth of July, and we just had like a whole bunch of leftover fireworks. But at the time, it was raining outside, so we went down in the basement. Like we had a nice size basement. We went down in the basement, and like you know the like it's like you throw them to the throw them to the ground, and they pop. Yeah, the poppers. Yeah, and we were just throwing them at the wall, throwing them at the wall, like just listening to them pop when we was little kids, and it left a lot of black marks on the wall. So. <laughs> I'm sure your mom was real happy about that one. Yeah, yeah, probably not. It wasn't no happiness for like a, like a month or two in the house. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Um, how about the guys you model your game after? We we played with one of them. I know that you really you really like in Fletcher. Um, yeah. But I do see Chris Jones a lot when I watch you play. Yeah. But those two guys, I talk to those two guys probably every week. Uh, weekend, we got another two guys, like unbelievable role models to me. Those two guys are unbelievable uh, captains in my head when it comes down to, to how I model my game out there. And um, just the accountability that I'm not even on a team, never played with them and never been, like, I just trained with them a couple of times, but the accountability they have towards me and the uh, things they want to see out of me is, is through the roof. Like I said, like, uh, they feel like they my brothers or uh, uh, big brothers, different things like that, but I definitely model my game out of those two guys and um, take away anything I can to take away uh, from those two guys. Like Chris Jones got a lot of power, I mean, a lot of speed rushes, edge rushes, and finesse rushes, and Fletcher Cobb got a lot of power rushes, and the experience 
uh, a success between those two guys is unbelievable. So I try to soak up every single thing I can when it comes down to um, the information that they give me. So. Yeah, and I mean, it's great to see you have such respect for other players around the league, and uh, it's been really fun watching you play. One thing I love watching is beat up on these centers, because I was, mm. you know, zero-tech nose guard, love rushing on centers. Saw you had a nice sack on the Bills center, Mitch Morris, who's a pretty good player. So mm-hmm. I want to ask you kind of how you approach rushing on a center, rushing as a one or a zero-tech versus, you know, rushing as a three-tech. If you like rushing centers more, if you like to attack the snap hand, kind of how you approach that as a rusher? Uh... Going into the game plan, I have to see, like, okay, is this, in this game, like, are they going to slide to me? And that's the biggest thing that I try to think about, like, um, trying to beat a double team, trying to attack one man. And a lot of times, like, this past, like, couple of weeks, they, I, I do get a hard slide. And it's like you can't run a middle game every single time. You can't, you can't take away from uh, Sheldon Ranks, who's an unbelievable pass rusher, yeah. like one-on-one with his guard to get a chance to go win each and every time. So I have to find out ways where I can – attack uh, a double team or attack um, this guy and still be accountable when it comes down to the rush, pass rush, and getting the quarterback face and stuff like that. And a lot of times it's going to the center uh, for me or going to the guard for me. And it just I pick and choose which times I want to go to the center, I want to go to the guard uh, when it comes down to attacking a double team and different things like that. Um, just through game playing and watching and see which one, or see which move I can hit on which one. And I also go watch uh, Aaron Dunn, not Aaron Dunn, but uh, Chris Jones or Fletcher Cox and see what they do when they come down to double teams and stuff like that and see how they attack because both of those guys are attacking in super different ways uh, when it come down to one do power, one do finesse. And I just see pick and choose which one I want to uh, attack them in that play. But we do have plays I do line up in the uh, one when I have to really rush against the center. Um, but it don't really matter. I just I just – I just go out there and try to execute every single play I can. Just try to get a sack every single pass play. So uh, that's the best thing. Yeah, Jonah Williams, I think it was, called you a 300-pound bar of soap, which I think is a really good compliment, man. That means you can get skinny, and it's hard to get hands on you. For being as big as you are, you don't – like you play big in all the right ways, but in some ways you play like you're 250. And uh, one of those ways is you get in those those, uh, seams and you get vertical. And I I think, you know, Chris Jones the same way. Like, Chris Jones is is a giant guy, but he can get vertical and get through the smallest spaces. When you you went to Von Miller's pass rush thing, or you were talking to Von Miller, I heard he told you, master one move, right? And I've seen you get on the center's, you know, uh, ball hand and hump by. I've seen, you you know, I've seen you go power to, to the edge. I've seen you just run through people. What is the one move you're trying to master? Uh, the one move I try to match is a stab move. Um, yeah. I think a lot of guys, a lot of moves come off the one stab move. Like you could just stab um, and just run the court, run the offensive lineman straight back to the quarterback, or you can stab chop, or you can stab lift, or you can stab arm over, or you can stab hump, rip hump. Like it's a lot of moves that you can master off a stab, and I have a good stab. I feel like so when Vaughn told me that in my head, I'm like. Cause in my head I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta match with the Aaron Donald cross top, or I gotta match mm-hmm. with the the jab swipe Chris Jones jab swipe, or I gotta match with the rip hump Fletcher Cox or the rip hump Jonathan Allen, and it's like all these moves in my head. I'm, I'm trying to match, but when Vaughn told me that, I'm like, I can see why like all these great phenomenal rushers, like prime example, like uh, Reggie White got the rip hump, like all these all these one move Hall of Famers. Why they call like okay, Reggie White? The rip hump came from Reggie White because Reggie White mastered the rip hump, and I can see why like Bond told me that. When Bond told me that, it was just like master stab, cute master stab. 
Yeah, yeah get I, that stab spin going, man. That stab <laughs> spin. When you hit that stab spin, that yeah, thing feels time, so I, fucking I, clean. It's so funny about spin because everybody be like, Q, why you won't just spin from a three? And I, I spent while I'm playing Oklahoma and I spent against Creed Humphrey and Creed Humphrey dropped me. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, you inside spin on a three tech yeah, on the guard and then the center will come smack you. I'm trying to get him exactly. hurt or something here. Yeah, yeah. I off the guard and Creed Humphrey dropped yeah. me. Yeah. And after that, I was like, no more spinning for Q. Yeah. Spin, yep, yep. spin ban. But I, I mean, I love hearing you talk about all the different guys and the moves, you know, their signature moves and stuff like that because that just shows how much you study tape and, yep. you know, how important it is to you and how you're always trying to learn from these different players across the league and you know chris and i understand that because it's you know when you see a guy hit a sick you know move and i, and I was never a pass rusher man i was a fucking <laughs> nose guard all right not so, giving himself when, enough credit whenever i uh whenever i had the opportunity i was always trying to make the most of it um but one thing i love and we talked a little bit about this earlier is you know how deep your d-line is how you guys play together yeah. and you guys you know you guys are rolling it feels like 10 deep at times and one thing that I've been really impressed with watching guys, how you run games together, because it's very unselfish. And I remember watching all your overload games earlier in the year. And I think, uh, you know, Jonathan Franklin Myers is great at those ET games. And Sheldon Rankins is really good at those games, too. And you guys are running those games on the inside out of overload. And you're running them with C.J. Mosley, a linebacker. So that's one thing that I really like. And just curious how you guys approach that. You know, I, obviously, I think there's a lot of practice. There's a lot of choreography there's a lot of conversation involved with that but i think at the end of the day it comes down to you guys just being unselfish and no one you know everyone's trying to get their brother fed kind of thing you know oh definitely um it definitely comes from a lot of chemistry a lot of guys like we played with each other going on two years now like me john um sheldon rankin cj um all of us uh even to say uh even other guys like we all been playing together for a little minute now um so that chemistry we have when especially when we go into um, different games normal normal each other can do and like you said selfishness like um, when I got to go down there and knowing I got to slide and knowing I got to still penetrate and um, rip it open so the uh, easy game can come open or so uh, uh, different games can come open like it's, it's got I got to be unselfish and going down there and just being a bulldozer sometimes being a wrecking ball sometimes and just saying for each other like and then having that trust that you know that your brother is going to do his job and be consistent and be uh, the execution of what he need to do is a big thing like that. So coming down with the trust and chemistry of each other is very huge, especially running those games. So when sometimes when you when you don't have communication or trust with each other, like like those games can be they can get ugly. They can man. get ugly. People are just running into each other yeah. and shit. Each other, falling on each other, or arguing me a game. Or, yeah. Oh, you're supposed to run a TE and your end doesn't loop around you and you just get it's just well, the you know what? It, rep in the world. Bo, and Q, there's something in it for everybody running the game. The guy setting the ET up can is probably going to win more than the penetrator. I mean, the, yeah. the, the guy in the TE who gets skinny and gets vertical and picks the tackle might end up with the sack. You know, the guy looping, everybody's got to sell it and it's going to pay off for everybody. So yeah. I think uh, you guys do a great job of making a lot of those games look like natural rushes too, which yep. really puts the O-line in a the bottom. They sure like do. Those ETs. Uh, I think Nate Shepard's a good rusher. I don't think he gets he a lot of love. Yeah, Bryce Huff. He had a Huff is a beast. sack, uh, you know, at the end of the game for you guys on Sunday. So you guys are very deep, man. It's really fun to watch. It's fun to watch everyone eat too. Bo, I got one, I got one football question for him and then one non-football and we'll get him out of here because I know he's got stuff to do. He's got to get on his bye week. He's probably going somewhere warm. Um, <laughs> where are you going, man? You going somewhere warm? Nah, man. I can't. Like I, a lot of people, bye week is different than my bye week. See, I, I'm a guy who I get out of shape fast. Like I can take two days off and be out of shape. So like when my bye week is like, I got to continue to be on that same in season schedule, yeah. on that same 
the same yeah. regimen, like because I know, like I gotta still eat healthy. I gotta still. I can't travel. I gotta do the same stuff, or I'm gonna get out of shape, man. So homebody, stand up, man. That's all he's trying to. He's a homebody, man. He likes it. <laughs> hey, me too. All right, real quick, who's the biggest freak of nature on that D line? Because you guys got a lot of big freaks, man. Who's the uh, biggest? Like everybody in that D line room, kind of marvels at, at the way this guy moves around. Sheldon Rankins is is between Sheldon Rankins and Nathan Shepard. I think Nathan Shepard, Sheldon Rankins is more explosive, super quick. Got the uh, gray hair, Aaron Donald type um, build when it comes down to setting double teams and changing direction is unbelievable. Like we had a, I don't know, prime example, we had a a trap play where he uh, spilled the guard and like he, he jabbed and went up under the guard and made the play. And it was like, yo, like, how do you bend or stop and go that fast? Like, it's just different stuff that we do. But Shedden Rank, me, uh, I think Shedden Rank is a Nathan Shepard. Them too big. But Bryce is, uh, like, Bryce got an unbelievable get off and bend and different stuff. Like, it, we got a lot of freaks in that room, but the, the most, let me see, gotta be Shedden Rank. It's like Shedden Rank is get off. Like, just all the attributes that he has that's uncoachable is like through the roof. So, like, Shedden yeah. That's a good answer. That dude, that dude, I mean, he's super underrated. I think he's finally getting a lot of credit now with your group. Uh, okay, last one. And this is this was when I was like, man, I like Quentin Williams' tape at Bama, but this might be my favorite player in the draft because of this one thing you said. Do you conti- Do you still bless yourself when you sneeze? <laughs> man, it's so funny about that. It's so funny about that, like, like a lot of people don't really get a chance to experience the uh, like the green room or the, the the draft process, and it's super dope, super fun experience that I would never forget. And I remember like I'm a huge fan of people, like you said. Like I, I watch football like since I was a little kid up, and I got a chance to interview with Deion Sanders, and he 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 came and sit down to me, and I'm like, yo, you Deion Sanders, like you prime time, like, and he like, yo, Q, we got to start the interview, like the interview got to come on, like, and I'm sitting there like, yo, you prime time, you prime like. And he like, cute, the interview like is live. Like, come on, we can start. <laughs> and so once the interview started, in my head, I'm still like blown out that I'm around. First of all, I'm around all these NFL legends. I'm already NFL guys I already look up to. Like, and Deion Sanders giving me an interview. So he asked me questions. I'm not even like listening to what he's saying. And then like I'm so nervous that I'm like, I don't want to mess up on the question. So when I sneezed, somebody when I sneezed, I was like, I said, bless you, thank you. <laughs> to myself, like, I said, bless you to myself, and I heard it like like somebody else said, bless you. Because I was just, I was just full of nerves, full of excitement. You were watching yourself in third person, man. No, yeah. we need to we need to keep that going, dude. Do not <laughs> let that die. You need to go back to blessing yourself, man. You know? You gotta have some self self what is it called? Self awareness. Yeah, fuck that, dude. You need to <laughs> You need to bless yourself, bless bro. Bless yourself, hey, man. Mr. October, bro. Mr. October is entitled to bless himself, dude. Uh, <laughs> Quentin Williams, we we love watching him play. We hope you come back again, man, and um, keep our, our boy Vinny straight, okay? Definitely. I got you. Okay. Appreciate yeah. you, man. Thanks Good luck lot, the rest man. of the year, man. If you're here in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia – and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I have great news for you. Sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $25, get $50 in free bets. WinBet is basically giving you free money. Don't turn that down. Don't pass that up. Download the WinBet app today. 
Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. The best moments in a sports fan's life are in football season. I'm not talking about September. I'm not talking about the first week in October. I'm not even talking about the second week in October. I'm talking about when it gets colder, the temperature drops, the games get bigger, the hits get harder, and you can curl up and watch some meaningful football. I like to do it with a Miller Lite from the fridge and a cold frosty mug from the freezer. Frosty mug, meat, a cold, beautiful can of Miller Lite from my fridge. That's teamwork. We come together, we can make a great play out there, and the, and the best play to make on a Sunday is a nice cold Miller Lite and a frosty mug at home. That's my favorite thing. Maybe a fire in the fireplace. Yeah, now we're talking. But Miller Lite, it's an original, and it's more than that. It's been a fan favorite since 1975. The best part, no matter how your team plays, Miller Lite is always a winner. The perfect beer for Sundays, I gave you the, the hot tip. Having that frosty mug is a lot like having home field advantage. I mean, like, it just makes everything better for your boy and your boy's friends who file in every Sunday to enjoy cold, ice-cold Miller Lite uh, at, at, at my house. I mean, we have a lot of people over, and i got to have the Miller Lite stocked up. A lot of light beer cuts back on the most crucial ingredient, flavor. Just 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12-ounce serving. Miller Lite, quick on its feet. Heavy hitting on flavor. No wonder it's been MVP from day one. This football season, enjoy the sweet taste of victory with Miller Lite, the original light beer. Find it pretty much anywhere beer is sold. Go to MillerLite.com slash Greenlight for delivery options near you. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Hey, Scott, uh, resident Jets uh, fan here. Um, can we call him, and also a Yankees fan, which is fucking weird, man. Aren't you supposed to be Mets and Jets? I mean, someone steered me wrong. I don't, I'm, I've been searching for who to blame for a long time, to the be Yankees? honest. The Yankees? No, 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 for the, for the Jets, but t- oh, today's a good day. I feel like you'd, today's a good day, so. you'd rather be a Jets fan than a Yankees fan right now. I think you could argue that. I mean, in my lifetime, though, I've seen multiple championships for the Yankees, so I was spoiled yeah. early days. Yeah, you were. Yeah. You're ready to and drop that one in there, huh? Yeah, David Cohn and I mean, shit like that. I get backed into a corner. You got to say those things. <laughs> How many old Yankees can I name? David Cohn, Mariano Rivera. Yep. Um, there was a, there was a Paul O'Neill. Yeah, there was a guy that played shortstop. Andy Pettit. There was Derek Jeter. Obviously, the the uh, the catcher was uh, was the the, the manager. Now, uh, former manager of the, no, the he's not now. He's and a, the Phillies, Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi, he was Jorge, the catcher. Jorge Posada. 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 Mm-hmm. Who were the outfielders on those teams? Bernie Williams. Um, Bernie Williams, a center fielder. Um, yep. Had uh, a couple guys playing left. Who were the couple guys playing left? Because it feels like they're they're. David prob- Justice was there. David Justice. Um, Shane Spencer was there. Shane Spencer. There were um, a couple a couple other minor league guys there, and then right field was Paul O'Neill, the Warrior. Paul O'Neill, the who, Warrior. Who was who, who was the least liked on those Yankees teams by Yankees fans? Uh, probably Chuck Knobloch. Really? Yeah, because he couldn't throw to first base. He was a second baseman. He forgot how to throw. He was a second baseman. Yes. Can't throw to first. No, came from the Twins, went to the Yankees. 
got got the yips. I could do could that. Throw to first base. I could throw to first base. All right. So yeah. Anyways, you're a Yankees and a Jets fan. So the question is, can Quinton Williams now be Mister October? <laughs> oh, from the Yankees fan to the Jets fan. Um, as a Jets fan, yes, because they're separate. They're yeah. separate. It's yeah. an, you know what it is? It's a tip of the cap. Mm. So it stays within the tri-state area. Yeah. That's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a tip of the cap. Okay, cool. That's great. And Giants fans will really dislike that because a lot of them are Yankees fans. Exactly. And that makes me happy. So it's cool. Yeah. So oh, Mr. Sure. October might work. Okay. Uh, he's just got to win that every every year now. Um, all right. So we we talked about – Quentin Williams is great, by the way. Bo. Yeah, that was a great interview, man. And just to see someone that's that talented playing that well, and but still like very humble, um, you know, very you know dedicated and appreciative of the game and other defensive linemen that are playing well. And you know, he talked a lot about you know other D linemen that he emulates, and I think that's a really cool thing. You can tell he crunches a lot of tape, and it's important to him. So. Hashtag really blessed, like bless, bless me, bless that, me. I, I love that, bro. I was yeah. I could I've been waiting to ask Quentin Williams that question for four years. Yeah, I know, and it turns out he was just a little starstruck and got a little, uh, you know, he was a little shook by, you know, uh, an interview Prime. with Dion Coach Prime. Prime and yeah, Coach yeah. Prime. They and, say never uh, meet your heroes, man, and uh, I, I wish he had just told me, yeah, it's something I do every day. I just imagine him walking around sneezing being like, bless me. Bless All me, right. baby. <laughs> um, so you watch a little Jets. I was really impressed with their last drive. Yeah. What were they doing in the run game to get after the Bills? Yeah, so they did a lot of things. I mean, I think before, I think they got the ball with um, 740, something like that. Yeah, eight minutes left at their own four, and that's kind of, you know, obviously it's crunch time, fourth quarter tie ball game, 17-17. But before I get started on that, you know, final clock-eating drive by them, I just want to say, like, the defense all game was really frustrating. Josh Allen, he threw a pick in the first opening series, kind of missed some shots downfield, which – he hasn't really done this year. He's been kind of, you know, Superman, Josh Allen this year. So to see him frustrated by the Jets defense, I think that really says a lot. But um, <clears throat> the Jets did a great job with their run game on that in that last drive. They ate a ton of clock. They ended up with a field goal, um, 2017. But they started off with a lot of these uh, gun runs that went really well. They ran this gun uh, counter OY, I think, three times uh, with Robinson, who's somewhat newly um, acquired, and, and they went back to that well a little bit, and they got some really – I think they got like 40 yards off of that one play. You know, sometimes when you have the successful run, team, they'll just run it back. Yeah, and, until, uh, until you stop it. Exactly. And some of that was the Bills really missing uh, their linebacker. Um, who was Milano. that? What's his name? Yeah, Milano. Milano. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Matt Milano, who's very talented, and then their safety, uh, Jordan Poyer, in the second and the second and third levels. So that's part of it. But I also think the O line just kind of nutted up a little bit for them, and <clears throat> they ran that counter OY um, behind. Uh, I guess it was more of a stutter, but anyway, uh, behind like Nate Herbig, who was with the Eagles, he had a really good game. He's done uh, a nice job there, right guard. Yeah, he's done a good job, and. So they ran that. Um, that was successful. They had eight runs in a row. Um, and then once that kind of got stopped, they went to, like, Michael Carter. Yep. And uh, they ran a really nice, uh, like, flash play that actually hit front side out of dot. Mm-hmm. And then they went back to that a couple times. And then they went to, like, a one-back power. So that what I, I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, they were successful with one play, went back to it, and then they mixed it up and were successful with a couple of other different runs too. So one-back power. Uh, they ran that flash play a couple times, and I actually was really imp- impressed by, 
you know, just their poise. They ate a ton of clock, marched on the field, um, got to the two minute warning, and then the Bills had to burn their timeouts. So just like really good, sound, smart football, like knowing what exactly is needed. I thought, you know, for a young quarterback, Wilson did a good job of just kind of managing that situation, you know, managing the run game, going to, you know, going to the hot hand with the, um, those runs early. And then he took a sack, which was smart, you know, um, later in that drive to just stay in field goal range. Like didn't need to try too hard. Didn't, you know, didn't do anything crazy. Didn't turn the ball over. And then the bills, um, you know, after that field goal bills came back out and the defense did a really good job of, um, you know, they had a long shot on the sideline to digs that got called back because of the holding, but, um, the jets defensive line that we talked about with Q a little bit earlier, like Bryce Huff had a great sack, you know, sacks really kill those two minute drives and they kind of iced the game out for them. Um, so I guess what I'm getting at is like the ability to close the ball game out by running the ball and then playing good defense against a talented Bills team. I mean, says a lot for like the maturity and the well-roundedness of the Jets as a football team, which is not something no question been accustomed to. You know, I I, I feel like you know like when when not that they're going to win the Super Bowl, but in 2017 we went on that run, and you you and I were standing on the sideline in the Denver game, and we beat up on Denver, and we were like, "Are we good?" Like we were laughing, and we caught it yeah. on mic'd up, and people yep. like like to reference that that like we realized kind of before our very eyes that we were actually a good football team and we had an opportunity. And I think this is the game for the, for the Jets. I mean, like, you know, you look back at some of their wins so far this year and you're like, oh, the Packers win doesn't look as good now, right? Um, you know, the, 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 the Dolphins win, they're down to a... Um, there's a few of these games that you can kind of poke holes in, uh, but not this one. Uh, you know, I know that the, the, the Bills are down a couple guys on defense, but um, this was a big boy win. And uh, it was a win that, as you alluded to, they were able to close it out. I mean, right. where, you know, you, Josh has the ball under two minutes. Yeah. You're backed up against your goal line. Um, and, and a three and out almost ensures that Josh is going to go ahead with exactly. the score. And, and you not only run the ball up there, you know what, uh, then you go play defense. So, yeah, big boy win for them. And Quinn and Williams is a big part of it. Um, Jets are fun. Yeah. Okay. So, uh Jim Irsay does not know how to make sausage. <laughs> Which, how do you make sausage? I don't fucking know. Matt, he you knows know, how you, to hire head coaches, sa- huh? You know how to make sausage? Yeah, they process different meats together through a sausage maker. What kind of meats are in there? Like gabagool? Yeah, like bologna. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We can find out when the game's in Germany this week. Why is it not healthy? Sausage. High in fat content. High in fat content. Okay. Um, by the way, the, the sausage was the best part of, a of Yankee stadium, the concourse. Yeah, that, that was the Italian sausage was really good. Um, okay. So Ursa doesn't know how to make sausage, but he knows how to hire interim head coaches. That head coach is, uh, Jeff Saturday of ESPN. Yeah. And, uh, the, now to be fair, he, he has coached high school football. And I'm a big Jeff Saturday fan, like all through and through, man. He's fucking awesome, and I think he is a leader of men, and I think he is um, somebody who knows ball and 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 all that stuff. And he's qualified to have an opportunity to coach in the NFL, but not a head coach. And I a lot think of people are saying that he's not. He's so so not qualified, Chris. He's that's... qualified to have an opportunity to like to to get an entry level coaching job in the NFL. 
But the only thing that qualifies you to become a head coach in the NFL is coaching in the NFL. And when when uh, and when when Ursay was talking about you know I've you know I I uh, I signed Bruce Arians I I you know that was my last interim coach. Well, look at his, the list of accomplishments and the the list of of um, you know his resume length. I mean, he had been coaching since the early '80s. I mean, he had really cut his teeth, and that's right. the thing. I think there's a lot of coaches that are cutting their teeth. There's a lot of minority coaches who know that, like, the deck stacked against them and the Rooney Rule and all that stuff. The Rooney Rule does not apply to the interim coaching process. Um, and Jim Irsay says that they will follow that rule when it comes to the offseason. But if you're a coach, and you're a coach on that staff especially, maybe some of the guys that played there as well who are also have put in the time as coaches on that staff – I don't know how it goes over. I think the only thing that saves the day is that it's Jeff Saturday, somebody that people really like. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't think this goes. I mean, I don't think this goes well, but I, I don't think anybody's going to blame Jeff Saturday. I think they're going to blame Jim Ursay. And if I'm Jeff Saturday, maybe I say no. He had 12 hours to answer this this question. I think he woke up in the morning. He was a high school coach and like an ESPN guy. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting too because isn't Reggie Wayne on that staff too? Yep. And um, but like they Taylor got John, Jean. yeah, they got John Fox who has head coaching experience with the Bears and uh, Mawai is Mawai on that staff as well. I mean, don't they have Gus, Gus Bradley? Bradley? Gus, Gus Bradley, Bradley too, coordinator. Yeah, well, right. So, so I mean, there is there are some talented coaching uh, coaches on that staff that have experience. I mean, John Fox with the Bears that wasn't necessarily a you know a, a highlight head coaching tenure but uh, yeah but it's but, just so interesting that Jim Ursay just goes right to Jeff Saturday and that makes like I'm just wondering you say yeah Saturday had 12 hours to kind of answer this like all I was thinking about and I watched that presser and it was just a roller coaster man really interesting is was this in the works you know how long was this in the works for Chris you know like was this something that was just kind of a gut I don't think it was in the works together for, I don't, was was it were there you know closed door discussions about this previously in the season? I, I don't know, man. It's just I, so I don't think so. Um, maybe there were some closed door discussions, but I don't think that uh, from what it sounds like, I'm not saying that that Ballard outright has said he didn't want it, but the the word right. is that he was not crazy about it, um, or at least it wasn't his call, which means he really doesn't have a lot of. Uh, of say in this whole thing. This is Jim Irsay making a Jim Irsay decision. Um, and Bubba Ventrone as well, who I want to shout out, we coached, um, he was with the Patriots when I was there, former player. He's been with the Browns, he's been with the Pats, I think he's been with the, now he's with the Colts. Like, he's a hell of a football coach. So a bunch of these guys, man, are looking at this thing and they're probably a little bit irked by it. But again, it's Jeff Saturday, people love him and people also know what it is. Like, I'm going to tell you what it is. Jim Irsay, who, by the way, how old is he, Jim Irsay? Take a guess, because he's, he, he keeps saying he has 52 years of NFL experience. Is he 80 years old? 63. Early okay, 70s. so, so what was he? in the NFL he, since 11. So oh, what? Boy. He's <laughs> flubbing that. He's fudging it. No, I mean, like, I, I'm sorry. I like Jim Irsay and everything. I think he, he's right. They have... The quote was, look, we're in the fourth winningest franchise in the league since 2000. That means in the upper quartile of winners, we're in yeah. the top quartile of that I'd love quartile. how he brought Which that up. Which isn't even correct. Yeah. Well, but then I, later he's dogging out analytics. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, the, the top <laughs> so half of the funny. upper quartile. Yeah. 
the yeah. top quartile, the upper half of that top quartile. He could have just said, "We're in the top, you know, sixteenth of the league, or whatever it is, or what? It, what's the math on this? The top eighth of the league? I don't know. Well, yeah. the, the top eighth. Yeah, we are in the top eighth of the league, but you had to make it sound scientific as fuck. Uh, and he's been in the league fifty-two years. So he's been since he was 11. What was he doing at 11, Reed? He was 12 years old when Robert Ursay acquired the Baltimore Colts after initially purchasing the Los Angeles Rams, then swapping franchise with Colts. So he graduated from SMU in 1982. How many years ago was that? I mean, that was 40 years 40. ago because I'm 37, and it's 2022. Fast math. So he, so he graduated and uh, uh, yeah, joined the Colts professional staff. So he's been 40 years in the NFL. Well, you have thirty years NFL experience, Chris. I do because my dad around played. Games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, so, so anyway, yeah. I, I listen. I he's the one who brought up fifty-two years or whatever he said. So I'm not. I, I'm not to split hairs here. But here's what's happening: they're tanking. Yep, they're tanking, yeah. dude. They're tanking. There's good coaches on the staff. I'm not saying Jeff Saturday won't be a good leader. I'm not saying that Jeff Saturday won't know what to say after a loss. I'm not saying that Jeff Saturday isn't going to you know, uh, delegate the fuck out of this task because who wouldn't? I mean, there's so much that goes into being an interim head coach, being a head coach. Like, think about things, Bo, from, hey, how are we going to travel? You know, right. what day are we going to go out to? How we're building the script out for practice to, you know, what what's our, game, what's our greater game plan going to be? Like, we can let the coordinators make the calls, but you've got to make uh, clock management decisions. You have to – so this has the potential of getting real – funky every sunday this has the potential be of being a viral kind of story that you follow <clears throat> we won't be watching the colts yeah but we will be watching the colts if you know nfl what I mean, because, drama is elite chris oh. and it's like you never you never would have had this on the nfl bingo card you know and we're like gonna Jeff be Saturday right becomes head coach we're gonna be right in the thick of it this weekend because their first game against the is, is against the raiders in las vegas yeah where we'll be and uh, one of just Saturday's most recent tweets, the Raiders look bad. Yeah. Yeah, so and they do. It's, it's objectively true. And we need more of this. We need more coaches telling the truth. So, like, <laughs> you know, we need more coaches telling the truth about opponents. And the only way we got it was, uh, was a guy had to, to, to leave the set to, uh, to, to become a head coach. But they're, they're tanking. And I do, somebody's like, hey, do you feel bad for the players? I do feel bad for the players. But the players have also you know, albeit under imperfect leadership and guidance. And I'm a big Frank Wright guy, but you know, the, the team's not constructed well. And, and, and Ballard, you know, talked about it last yeah. night. Y'all been kicking the shit out of me for wide receivers. And now we have an O-line that's struggling. Well, it's because they're the highest paid group in the league. And you let, let Glowinski walk and all this stuff. Like there's their decisions and there was no plan for, uh, for who retired. There was a tackle that retired right before the season. Costanzo. Costanzo. Like, so this is the players are in an imperfect situation. Yes. But they're also objectively not making the playoffs. Right. Especially. Right. And you understand why Matt Ryan's not playing the rest of the year. Like I get that there's money involved there. It's a business. You don't want to be on the hook for a bunch of uh, money because you, you play Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan might play you into a little bit of better draft pick spot. And like like I'm I'm against I've been against tanking in the past, but maybe I've evolved. <laughs> because if I'm Quentin Nelson and I'm not putting thoughts in his head or words in his mouth, I would never do that to such a large man. Uh <laughs> Quentin Nelson He's suffered through this, and he's played at an all-pro level. 
you know, Shaq, uh, Shaq uh, Leonard has played in an all-pro level, suffered through this stuff. Don't you want the clock to reset? Don't you want to pick in the top five? Don't you not want to have to pick the kid from Stanford? Or you don't want to reach for Hendon Hooker or something like that? You know, like, the process is great, and trusting the process is great, but the process takes years. And, you yeah. know, like, if I'm a player, I kind of get why we're not serious about winning the rest of the season. And it sucks. Like, it sucks. But if I'm one of those guys who's been there a long time. Now, I'll say this, though. And I, this is a really hot take, Bo. Try this take on for size. Hey, man. When a team is tanking, players should have their contracts guaranteed against injury. Ooh, I like that. When a team yeah. has, has entered the tanking portal, which, which the Colts have done now, I think those players, somebody gets hurt, God forbid, like they get their guaranteed money. It doesn't matter. Let's say I, I would go as far as uh, as here's here's one. When a team is eliminated from the playoffs, if you get hurt on that team, your contract should be guaranteed against injury. That, I like that. I, yeah. That, when well, I run for president, that's one of the things I'll run on. I can't wait for that. You got yeah. my vote. It Thank is you. voting day, by the way. Anyway, yep. Yep. Uh, but it is interesting because sometimes when those teams kind of commit to tanking like that, you see how hard the players play because they know that like their life's on the line. They're scrapping. Yep. You know, and they know like look at the you know the Texans. Like some teams, like when when you like the individual players, it's kind of no name guys that really understand that they got to put out some good tape mm-hmm. because they everyone is up for review. You know, your head coach is Jeff Saturday. You don't really know how this thing's going to go next year. But I just – I watched that presser. I think it was like 40 minutes long. There were so many interesting little Ooh. nuggets, interesting. Like, Ursay came off as a little manic <laughs> at times, which okay. is not yeah. – <laughs> maybe that's a little bold, but Ballard was defensive, I thought. Uh, <laughs> defensive you know, was a good word. <laughs> especially with that wide receiver comment that you read off. And yeah. He's a Wisconsin guy, and I'm a big Chris Ballard fan. and. You know, I always pull for the you know for Badgers, but and I I also thought Jeff Saturday was very poised. That's one of the reasons I was like, does does did he have an idea about this? Like he's no, he didn't seem he was ready to go for that press conference, man. Like he went from coaching what was it, Hebron Christian Academy in Georgia? Like we might need to pull up some of their tape and see what kind of like are the Raiders gonna gonna watch their offensive uh, scheme? You know, in defensive meetings. No, and honestly, people are coming at his his record down at Hebron Academy in Georgia, and no shade, but I would imagine Hebron Academy is not. They don't have a bunch of dogs there, so you know it's a little Christian school. I could be wrong. Let's so do I'm not some scouting, hold, Chris. I'm not going to hold his record against him. But I will say this: Jim Irsay should have answered people's direct questions yesterday. I mean, he yeah. he beat around the bush a lot. Why was he a better uh, candidate than some of these guys on staff? It can't just be like, well, you have to be intelligent, you have to be a great leader, you have to be, you know, like these generalities. No, tell us why Jeff Saturday, like very specifically was a better fit than some of these coaches. Because and he doesn't have head coaching experience, Chris. That's why. He said that. I thought that was such a hilarious comment. It was also I mean, a miracle that he was available or whatever he said. He was like, I, we yeah. were shocked he was available. I'm like, he's the most available head, <laughs> interim head coach of all time. All the other ones were actually coaching and that sort of shit. But it's like, so funny, too, because it's, like, it's not like Jeff Saturday's in the area. You know no, I mean? dude. Like he's in Georgia coaching Here's high Jeff school Saturday's football. resume. Besides, I, I'm being funny here, but like, because you know, I, I respect Jeff Saturday. I think Jeff Saturday's in a funky s- position here. And I hope he doesn't regret it because I'd hate for his legacy to become 
the interim head coach that made a bunch of you know like uh, clock management mistakes or that sort of thing. Because I think he is he is a one respected by his teammates around the league, people in the media. The guy's fucking awesome. But uh, Jeff Saturday's resume, if I'm Jim Mercer, is like, did you see him yell at Peyton Manning in that viral video? He yelled at Peyton Manning. He was calling the plays. Yeah. Stop calling the plays, Jeff. Stop yeah. calling the plays, Jeff. And then, and then that other big dude walked over and was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not going to talk to us like that. He's like, I'm yeah. fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, we're fine. fine. We're fine. Just, but he's doing it. Let's stop Jeff. yelling. Yeah. Come on, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Jeff. That was such a great clip, too. Uh, That's his resume, yeah. though. The guy yeah. yelled at Peyton Manning. How many people <laughs> yell at Peyton Manning and lived to tell about it? Uh, Michael Jordan missed a lot of shots, as Jim Irsay pointed out, and that was that was the Michael Scott portion of the uh, of the press conference. But this thing was surreal. It was a surreal press conference, yeah. down to the fact that they knew it was a dumpster fire. They did it during Monday Night Football. Right. Uh, they did it, and it still found its way. It was so bad, people were still talking about that before they were talking about the game. Um, and did did your did your video uh, zoom onto Jim Irsay's mouth for like four yeah. minutes? Yeah, for like the, the, the quality of the video, whichever like you know Indianapolis beat writer was doing that. It's like, oh dude, my, what is going on? I feel like I'm watching my boomer parents film something. It looked like an independent Brutal. film or something. Yeah. It was like yeah, it was like a Blair Witch Project. Inside. Yeah. It was just zoomed in on Jim Irsay's mouth. And I loved. Minutes. I I kept hearing Ursa keep. He kept using the word intuitive. He's like my head coaching process. It's very intuitive. Uh-huh. It's very, so so basically hiring Jeff Saturday just felt good to him. Uh-huh. That's okay. that's what that boils down to. Like I think he said it like four or five times. Like it's very intuitive. It was very intuitive with you know Bruce Arians. It's like, and it, but Chris, it's you were in art. that group chat. I, we were in a group chat. It was. Yesterday, uh, Connor Barwin said we're in a group chat. It's like me, Connor, Brent Selleck, Kelsey, and Chris. And Connor, CB, you know, he works in the front office of the Eagles. He sent, you know, the little media blurb about Jeff Saturday getting hired. And I thought it was from like a joke, like a meme account. The Onion. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Like I had to go like look on Twitter to see that was an actual thing. It's a pretty good fucking joke. It just blew my mind so much. Yeah. So, I mean, I I guess I'm like now really really invested in the Colts. And you know, are you mad you if you're a player? Last question: Are you mad if you're a player? Because I haven't really gotten your take. Are you mad? How do you feel? I know how other coaches should feel, but yeah. if you're a player, I don't know. I think when you're a player and you're like things happen so fast in the NFL that you're just kind of like, oh fuck! Like our head coach is Jeff Saturday, and you kind of like talk <laughs> about much. it with the guy in the cold tub, and you don't really have time to. You're just kind of like, oh shit, what's our week going to look like? Yeah. You, know? yeah. you don't really have time to really digest it because you're like, all right, like this just got interesting. Like you can't really analyze it the same way that everyone in the media does or all the coaching staff does because you're in the thick of it, man. You're just rolling with it. Whatever comes up, you're like, all right, this is our coach. Like, see him at meetings tomorrow. Like, the, I don't first, know. the first thing I want to know is, is he going to have us in pads? Yeah, that's exactly. it. I just want to know sure. like how he's going to handle the vets down the stretch. Otherwise, I'm already playing for the the three win Colts, and I'm st- I'm staring down the barrel of a top five pick, and it's all about survival. I've been in this situation a lot. Yeah. You got to put your head down and and control what you can control. You're not I mean, you making really do. any waves. You are just doing everything you can to get the most out of yourself and the most out of your play down the stretch because you know everybody's on the chopping block, man. Except Jeff Saturday. Except Can you Jeff imagine Saturday. if maybe Jeff Saturday is their head coach next year? I'm actually going to yeah. pull for Jeff Saturday just so I can see the absurdity of him getting a head coach. No, I'm not. Because what if he, like, in all seriousness, it'd be fucked up. 
What if he just is a stud, you know? If he's a stud, he's welcome to become an O-line coach. Well, that's the other thing, too, is like Ballard mentioned all the O-line struggles and how, you know, the media is on him. So I'm curious how much of Ursa's desire and intuition, you know, took him to like – he just immediately went to like, who's my favorite O-lineman? Boom, you're the, you're the coach. You know, I think you're he the head coach. palm red and the lady was like, they're going to hire Jeff Saturday. Yeah, but it's so like, funny because uh-huh. like – People play Madden and they do stuff and there's like franchise builder and stuff like that. This just feels like like you know. Okay, so who's hired? Like, so who do the Panthers, Bo? The Panthers, might, they're going to have to hire a coach. Who yeah. are you hiring? Julius I mean, Steve Peppers. Is, yeah, okay, Julius. Julius Peppers. Peppers. Yeah, he's going to come in. He's going to get the the Carolina Panthers right. Yeah, Julius you know? Peppers, twenty twenty. Or Cam Newton, he might three. be available. Cam, <laughs> Newton. Cam Newton's probably available. Yeah, no question. He'll be sending out uh, like you know the playbook, but it'll be in his font. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the uh, stylish Tom Landry. He's like a 2023 Tom Landry. He's got a hat on on the sideline and shit. Yeah. All right, the Texans. Andre Johnson. Team meetings. Ooh, he doesn't say JJ. a fucking word. Just, JJ trade for just, JJ. He's the head coach of the Texans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that 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 it's been an interesting week. I can only imagine it's only getting more interesting, and uh, we'll be in Vegas soon, Bo. I know. I'm very excited, man. When um, do you get in? Friday evening. Okay, I'll see you Saturday. No, I'll I'm see just you Friday night. I'm gonna come knock on your door, brother. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah, I got some mentions we could hit real fast. Oh, you want to hit him? I thought you had class. Chris, I don't give a fuck about my class. Dude. <laughs> Does so anybody boring. in the class listen to this fucking podcast? I don't know. Anyone from our effective staffing class on the pod? What if my instructor Cindy's in it? Um, shout out to Cindy. Shout out to Cindy. I got some good feedback for that project I did last week. Trying just just trying to get as much information so I can run HR over at Greenlight. Yep. You know? Yep. Cowboy Reed's got a lot of complaints about you, Chris. Yeah, I bet he does. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think I had, um, we had a pack of men dog. Um, so these Miller light mentions presented by Roback code green light. Mm. How'd you like that? Um, Good plug. there are a lot of guys let it. So the man dog of the week, I have a couple, um, that's always given to defensive linemen that play really well. Matt Judon for the Patriots. I think he has 11 and a half, 12 sacks. He had three. Uh, he was a man dog against the Colts. He really ate up that offensive line. They could not handle a lot of his stunts and games. He played really well. Um, Hargrave on Thursday night, he had three sacks as well. He wins more um, A-gap interior rushes versus uh, guards, like when he's manned up on guards than I think I've ever seen. We mentioned earlier, um, you know, in the Quinn Williams interview that he's like a 300-pound bar of soap. That's yeah. another guy like that. He is really good with those inside cross shops. Um, so I want to bring him up for man dog. And then another man dog is Vita Vea. Had two great sacks yeah, he uh, did. against the Rams. Looked really good. And he busts out the lawnmower I love celebration, that. Mm-hmm. which I loved. That's like just the funniest shit in the world. He's so big. That guy um, does not be need to be using a push mower. Can we get him a fucking ride on? <laughs> yeah, I like to think that it's like one of those old rotary blade ones. Oh yeah, like not even electric. Uh-huh. You know. Um. So those I want to shout out those guys who all played really well. It's so great to have multiple set games. Uh, and then one other guy for locker room guy of the week. We talked about um, you know the Ravens earlier. They played a Monday Night Football thrilling game against the Saints. I want to give some love to Pat Ricard 
who is a former defensive lineman, but he's playing like 68% of the snaps. Saw that graphic last night on Monday Night Football. Kind of doing everything right. Gets like one catch every other game, it feels like. Um, But he's out there in space blocking really well, moving all around the field. Big utility gadget piece. He's almost like a like a mobile offensive guard that they can move around pre-snap. Um, also, fun fact, Kingston, Ricard's a big Overwatch guy. So oh, maybe nice. Kyle, P. Ricard, and I can get on some OW2 and, yeah, and all and, play together. And rumor had he does consume some of our con- content. So yeah. he's a bopper. He's a bopper. Yeah, and if, if, if – uh, if if Pat Ricard's listening, which I don't know why you would be, man, you're on the. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't be, man. Well, it's I, don't the, see, it's, I don't see him. I got my battle net pulled up on my other screen. He's not on OW right now, so he's probably OW. listening. Virgin activity. You guys just playing these fucking. Games. <laughs> I'm gonna bring my PC over to Vegas, Chris, and we'll PC games. <laughs> uh, so yeah, good. I mean, think about how fun that is for him to go from being a defensive lineman to like a. You know, like a fullback, H-back, Y-type yeah. gadget player, utility offensive lineman for the Ravens. I was joking about being a virgin playing Overwatch. I know there's a lot of people that have sex and play video games, but um, is Overwatch Call of Duty? Or is that, uh, uh, is that no. what, where they... What, Call of Duty is Call of Duty. No, I know, but the Call of Duty, like, uh, where you yeah, there's a no, world... it's not like a Battle Royale. It's, it's a completely different game type, Chris. Why don't you educate yourself a little bit, man? The yeah. viewers... The listeners love OW. Okay, Overwatch. I'll try it. Chris would be like a Hanzo man, just missing every. No, you'd be like a Genji, just begging for healing. <laughs> or like a May, just like a one-trick May. <laughs> Ask Kyle. I'm roasting your ass, OW. You can't even tell. Anyway, guys, it's been a lot of fun. Anime-looking, looking characters, dude. Yeah, that's. You guys play that, like that, that, that... One of the uh, most popular games in the world, Chris. I know, but we... Okay. Fucking... <laughs> there's a lot of popular... What? Uh, what what's the game where... Uh, what's the, the Fortnite? Yeah. Could you see me being a Fortnite guy? Nah. It's You're like to, a... It's easier to play. Fortnite? Mm-hmm. That sounds like a bow thing. Kind of surprised you play OW bow. All right, take care. Hey, what a great pod. Can't... Ex- can't... You know, we really crushed it this week. See you on Friday, Chris. Okay, bow. Prep your liver. You prep your liver. Yeah, you're the talker, you're kidding. I'm gonna fight you.